0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class every Sunday morning, posted on our website at churchofchrist.com at 9.30 each Sunday morning. And that's for those who cannot be with us in person at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ at that very time. That's our time for our regular Sunday morning Bible class in person at the church building. But there are many who cannot be there with us in the Omaha area, or maybe do not know that much about us, but they want to learn God's word. But there are also those who listen to these podcasts all across the country and literally around the world. And we're thankful to be able to to post these podcast Bible studies through the internet, all over the world, so that people who are hungering after the knowledge of God's will can study with us and learn his teachings as we teach God's word in a rather detailed and deep manner. Now, at the same time, while we're looking below the surface, we're not just teaching the surface level Uh, Scriptures there, or what the the surface level understanding of the Scriptures, we're trying to help people understand the weightier matters, the deeper matters. What the Hebrews writer refers to in the closing verses of Hebrews chapter 5 and opening verses of chapter 6, he talks about the meat of the Word, and that's what we want to help people get into, to understand the depths of God's teachings communicated to us through His Word. Now, while we're looking at it in depth and in detail, we're trying to explain it in a way that it's easy to understand and that makes sense for our lives now what we've been doing in our sunday morning bible classes for quite some time now is studying through the early books of the old testament that is what's called the pentateuch genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and particularly looking in detail at the book of genesis and then also in much of the book of Exodus. But now we have gotten to the point where, as I indicated, that I'm doing a lot of skipping because we've gotten to the point of the book of Exodus where there's a lot of details given about how to build the tabernacle and so on and different laws and days of, of uh, different holy days and so on. And so I said, I'm going to let you read that for this kind of study it gets kind of tedious, and I don't want your eyes to glaze over or your ears to kind of naturally shut down. And so I'm really trying to pick out the high points after the, after the point where we came to the narrative— God leading the, the the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage through Moses, and then leading them to Mount Sinai and giving them the law, their initial rebellion against God's law, and then God's judgment upon them, and God giving Moses the law again. But then once that period, you know, came to a close and God told Moses, now you need to start leading the people to the promised land. And he was still telling them how to build the tabernacle, all the particular items and articles and pieces that would go into it. Great deal of detail there. And that's valuable, but I'll let you study that. We're going to jump into the book of Leviticus today, and I'm going to cover just a few sections of it, because it gets into a great deal of kind of technical detail as to different laws, different offerings, different holy days, how the priests were to be attired, and on and on and on like that. Now again, that's that's all valuable. God gave that to us for our instruction, but at the same time, for this kind of a Bible study, it 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 gets kind of tedious, and and you know, you're, it's easy for your eyes, your ears to shut down. And so, I'm hitting some high points, a few of them in the book of Levit- of Leviticus, and then we'll move on from there. Now, I want to encourage you, though, to encourage everybody you can to. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the homepage to our podcast button, click on that and sign up for our podcasting. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, and it's free, it always will be free. I keep emphasizing we're not after people's wallets. We wanna help people get to heaven. When they sign up for our podcasting, they'll receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and I think a really wonderful short about a 13-minute Bible study every day called Today's Bible Class. Only about 13 minutes, easy to tune into and listen to. And again, it's easy listening, but it's teaching from God's word. But in 13 minutes, you can listen to it on the way to work or the way home from work or on your lunch break or taking a break from the shores around the house or while you're driving across town, whatever. Or you can sit down with somebody else and listen to it together. And and even that short time keeps us in God's word and thereby bolsters our faith. Today's Bible class. And then you'll also receive our Monday through Friday, and that today's Bible class is seven days a week. You'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. All of that is there tremendous Bible study resource material right there by signing up for our podcasting. Now you can also, at our website, you can download and you can watch and listen to hundreds of sermons and also download and read and study through hundreds of scripturally based and, and spiritually focused articles. All of that there for your study, for your learning, to help you grow in your faith and help you get to heaven all free again, always will be free. So share these studies with everybody you can, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, your family members, share them all the time. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means as well. But you might help somebody turn their life around. You might help somebody grow in their faith to the point where they become a Christian and they get to heaven. Great blessing for them but also a great blessing for you. Now, let's look at Leviticus chapter 10, and I'm going to just read a short excerpt from it because it deals with something that is very important for us, and that is when God gives us his will, communicated through his word, that's his will. He's communicated it to us through his word, and we need to respect it and obey it. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 15If you love me, keep my commandments and the sense being if you truly love me, you will keep my commandments Now that means obey his commandments his teachings well here in in um, Leviticus chapter 10 we read of two sons of Aaron now Aaron was the high priest. He was going to be appointed as the high priest. His sons would be priests under him. We're talking about the first high priest and the first priests under the high priest that would be appointed for the Israelites by God through Moses as God was shaping his people into a nation. God's plan was for them to be primarily a spiritual people. Now, later on, they would decide they wanted to have a king like all the nations around them, and that's, that's a text for later on somewhere down the line. But God is shaping them into a nation of his special people through whose bloodline the Savior would come into the world. And his primary focus would be that you will be a spiritual people before me. And God's, God's intention was he would be their king. They would be their, their, his people. Now, in chapter 10, we, we get this very profound message that when God gives us his word, that's his word. We cannot change it. We cannot just accept part of it, reject part of it. We cannot add anything to it. He expects our obedience, absolute obedience. So here are Nadab and Abihu, priests before God. Now, even somebody in such a lofty position as we might think of them as having, God expects them to be obedient to him. So verse 1 of chapter 10 of Leviticus, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it put incense in it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded. Now, that's interesting. They are, they are offering a fire before God. Now, to me, you ask me, what's the difference between one source of fire and another source of fire? It's all fire to me. But you see, God had given specific instructions as to what they were supposed to do to put fire in the censer and burning incense before God. And so these two sons, they they probably thought, like I just said, fire is fire. What's the big deal? Whether we get it from this source or another source. But they each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense in it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, not that which God instructed, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. God brought judgment upon them instantly. They were supposed to be spiritual leaders before the people and here they were disobeying God. Now from our human point of view or line of thinking we might think well that was a minor little thing there it was breaking God's law it was disobeying his instruction contradicting it and Moses said to Aaron this is what the Lord spoke saying by those who come near me I must be regarded as holy and before all the people I must be glorified So Aaron held his peace. Well, you could understand how Aaron probably was really upset. His sons, his two sons, priests under him were dead, struck dead by God for disobeying his instructions. His instructions, his commandment as to how they were supposed to put the fire, where they were supposed to get it from, the source of it and so on. And Moses said, look, They are supposed to be examples of obedience to God, spiritual leaders before the people. And here they disrespected God. God is to be glorified by his people, and the priests of his people are to be special examples of obedience and glorifying God through their obedience to him. And when Aaron heard this, he held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them by their trunks out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eliezer and Ithamar, his sons, two more sons of Aaron, Do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. And so I think what we're to understand here is Moses, by God's instruction, is telling Aaron and two more of his sons, don't you go through this this ritual kind of mourning about your dead brothers they were struck dead because of their disobedience. Don't uncover your heads, don't tear your clothes, lest you also suffer. Judgment from God, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning of the Lord. Uh, be, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting lest you die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. So God says you, you need to be the examples here. You need to let the people see that disobedience to God's will can bring destruction. That's, that's disrespect before God, and the people need to see you respecting God's will God's teachings now let's skip to skip to chapter 18 Leviticus chapter 18 if you begin with verse 1 you read through various detailed laws of sexual morality and boy does our culture today in our country need to get back to God's will God's teachings on sexual morality. Now, I'm not saying that it's concentric to what was laid out to the Israelites of that day because that was a God was working with them in a different culture in a different time and it was a time before Christianity. But I want us to skip down actually to verse 22. Now, if you go through this, God again those first 21 verses God is laying out for the people of Israel, you know, you don't you don't commit sexual immorality with various individuals in various ways. Now, in verse 22, he says, "You shall not lie, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination." Now, what is that describing? the gay lifestyle homosexuality and look at how it's it's couched in this long list of sexual immoral sexually immoral practices again i'll let you read the first 22 the first 21 verses there it goes into a great deal of deal, detail you don't do this you don't do this you don't do this you don't do this and here in verse 22 you shall not lie with a male as with a woman It is an abomination, nor shall you mate with any animal. Now that sounds repulsive to us, but there are people who practice that. Bestiality, to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all these the nations are defiled. What nations? The unbelievers would have been the Gentiles of that day. Those who do not follow God but worshiped idols. And again, whenever you turn away from God, you open yourself up to all kinds of immorality. All kinds of immorality. And the land vomits out its inhabitants. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. You don't let anybody else come in among you and bring these kinds of sexually immoral practices. <clears throat> you don't excuse them just by saying, well, they're, they're not true Israelites. No, no, you, you stand up for what is righteous and godly. For all these abominations the men of the land have done, that is, again, the idol worshippers who were before you, and thus the land is defiled, lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it, as it vomited out the nations that were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore you shall keep my ordinance, so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs which were committed before you and that you do not defile yourselves by them, I am the Lord your God. And just examples of what God was condemning, prohibiting by way of sexual immorality is for a son to have sexual relations with his mother or with his stepmother, And of course it would be vice versa, a daughter with her father or her stepfather, and on and on and on. He goes into great detail there, but he also talks about that what we have been told that we have had pushed down our throats, that we're bombarded with, that the homosexual lifestyle is, is normal and good, it's condemned in Old Testament scripture and it's condemned in New Testament scripture. We need to respect those words from God. Now, you say, well, well, what do you mean it's condemned in New Testament scripture? And so we're talking about Christianity. Now, are there, are there Christians out there who are saying that, well, no, it's, it's normal, it's good, it's righteous, it's godly? <clears throat> yes, there are those out there who are saying that. Does, it, does what they're saying conform with scripture? You even have ministers who are living that openly gay lifestyle and saying it's all right, and you have churches following them. Does that mean it's okay? If it does not conform with God's word, if something is condemned by God's word, it's not okay. When you look at Romans chapter 1, we're talking about New Testament Christianity now. Verse 27, likewise also the men, well let's back up a little bit to verse 26, for this reason God gave them over to vile passions, vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men having the natural, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, excuse me, men with men, committing what is shameful. Now, this is God's word. Don't get mad at me. I'm simply reading God's word. Committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. For even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. See, God's word is what we need to be going by. And God was warning his people back in the book of Leviticus, as they were about to become the the people of God, well, they already were, but he was shaping and molding them into the nation that would become Israel. He, He was telling them, warning them against getting into the sexually immoral practices and activities of the people in whose land God was going to drive out before them and whose land God was going to give to them. They needed to not become like those people. They needed to stay godly, stay righteous, and follow God his way. Now let's skip to chapter 26, chapter 26. I want to read part of this chapter. And we're talking about coming toward the closing of the book of, of Leviticus. Again, it's it's a rather technical book for what it covers, but God was being very thorough in communicating his will to the people of Israel as to how he wanted them to follow him. And A great deal of what's in the book of Leviticus is, in fact, most of it, most all of it is dealing with with how he wants them to be this spiritual, worshipful people before him, godly people. In chapter 26, the text goes on and says, you shall not make idols for yourself, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall, shall you rear up for yourselves nor shall you set up engraved stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. It's not okay for us to have idols. The the land that God was giving them was inhabited by all kinds of people who worshiped idols. They did not worship God, at least not properly. And God said, you don't don't take part in those practices. He's going to say you don't have anything to do with those people because they'll lead you into their idolatry, into their ungodliness, wickedness. So you shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season, the land shall produce, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to bless you. Your crops are going to be, a, are, are going to be abundant. You're going to have food to eat, plenty of food to eat. It's going to be well with you. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. God's saying, I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to put the fear into your enemies you're going to to prevail and you're going to flourish in the land you're going to have peace in the land why how by following my word by following my will living by my teachings verse 9 for i will look on you favorably and make you fruitful multiply you and confirm my covenants with you you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall be uh, uh, my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. What a blessing he is laying out for the people if they will follow him his way. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the the, the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright you're no longer slaves. You're walking as free people. You're walking as my people. I'm there with you. I'm there for you, to strengthen you, to protect you, to bless you abundantly, and to keep you safe. But if you do not, now here's the big transition. This is what I'm going to do for you. But, and that's if you continue to follow me obediently, verse 14, but If you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, that is my teachings, or if your soul abhors my judgments so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant. In other words, if you don't live by my teachings, by my commandments, by my guidelines, by my word, I will also do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting diseases and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. In other words, you're not going to have peace in the land. Your enemies are going to prevail over you. They'll reap your harvests, take your food. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you. And you shall flee when no one pursues you. In other words, you're going to live in fear. Even irrational fear at times. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze and your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield its produce nor shall the trees of the of the land yield their fruit. So he's pronouncing serious judgment upon them if they do not obey his teachings, his word. Then if you walk contrary to me and are not willing to obey me, I will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sin. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. In other words, all of this will be judgment upon them, and exactly the opposite of the blessings that he offers them, if they will live obediently before him and serve him as their God, and as the God, the only God. And if by these things you are not reformed by me, we're talking about some hard-headed folks, if they don't repent and come back to God, but walk contrary to me, then I also will walk contrary to you and I will punish you seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. When you are gathered together within your cities I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of your enemies when I have cut off your supply of bread 10 women shall bake shall bake your bread in one oven or bake uh, bake your bread in one oven and they shall bring back your bread by weight and you shall eat and not be satisfied in other words you're going to have a scarcity of food to eat And after all this, if you do not obey me but walk contrary to me, you still don't get the lesson, the message, in other words, you still don't repent, then I also will walk contrary to you in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons. Now we're talking about getting to a low point. They'll be so hungry that they'll even turn to the barbarism of of eating They're the flesh of their own children. You shall eat the flesh of your daughters. I will destroy your high places, cut down your incense altars, and cast your carcasses on the lifeless form of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. Now, what is the basis of all this? The center of their disrespect of God, their disobedience, their, their rebellion against him? Verse 30 really covers it they have let the people of the land that they were supposed to drive out lead them into the worship of idols. In other words, turning away from God. Verse 31 goes on and says, I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation and I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. In other words, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going not to pay attention to your, to your incense and your offerings to me. I will lay your cities waste, bring your sanctuaries to desolation. I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. I will bring the land to desolation and your enemies who dwell in it shall be astonished at it. Now, ultimately, the people of Israel would turn away from God in just these ways. They would become idol worshippers. They would disrespect the word of God and his true prophets. They would hate the prophet Jeremiah and wanna kill him. And God would bring their land to desolation and remove them from it and give it to their enemies. Now that would be hundreds of years down the road, but his warnings and the prophecies that would go behind those warnings they would be fulfilled. Those warnings would come to reality. The people would not go back and pay attention to what God had warned them. I will bless you. I will be there with you. I will protect you. I will defeat your enemies. Your harvest shall be plentiful. You will be a flourishing, abundant people if you will follow me faithfully and obediently. And they did for a while. And God blessed them in these ways. But if you will turn away from me and become idol worshipers, oh, remember those first commandments and the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. Then I will bring continual judgment upon you. And it will be exactly the opposite of the blessings that I will bestow upon you while you're obedient to me and respectful of me, and worship me righteously. Well, I'm going to let you read the rest of chapter 26 as we come toward the end of the book of Leviticus. Now, while you're reading that, I would encourage you to think and reflect upon our times right now in our culture, in our country. Does not a whole lot of that reflect the ungodliness, the disrespect for God's word and his will, his teachings, in the way that people live? So many people in our country, in our culture right now, are living before God? I think you would have to shake your head, yes. Will God hold us accountable? No question about it. Read the rest of chapter 26, and we'll close out the book of Leviticus and move on from there. Let's pray together. Father, you are totally good and righteous, and you want to bless the people of this world bountifully, But the condition is that we respect you as God, the God, the only God, and that we live by your teachings, which guide us in the best life that we can live on this earth in human form, and with the greatest hope that anyone could be offered, and that's eternal life, free from sickness and sorrow and crying and pain and death, an eternal home with you in heaven. Help people, help us all to open our eyes to see the best way to live, and that is your way. We pray for this, Father. Help people come to repentance. And Father, at this time, we also pray, please forgive us and hear a prayer in Jesus' name, amen.